Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're tight as I am! Yeah! 1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome into the KDLM Sports Wrap, everybody. My name is Zeke, and we're going to break down the last 24 hours in sports, including a pretty strong comeback win for the Twins yesterday. Griffin Jacks getting it done. Not uh, not getting down on himself after giving up a couple runs in the second inning yesterday. We'll talk about the Twins win over the White Sox and preview today's matchup. And also get an update from the first day of the Pine to Palm with the defending champion leading the field after day one. Second half of the wrap, we're going to talk to Kevin Falness of the Minnesota Wild Radio Network to get his take on some off-season things and see what Kevin says about the uh, the Kapur Kaprizov news from yesterday that he has agreed to a one-year deal with CSKA Moscow if an extension is not reached with the Minnesota Wild by September First, but first, let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports and recap that Twins game from yesterday. Rewind time. To get that team to swing and miss um, that much, uh, to have his slider working the way that it did, I think that was that was a big part of it. Yeah, you have to do a lot of things right to go six and only give up a few against a, a good offense like this. But the swing and miss was really impressive while pitching in the zone, you know, and, and finding a way to do that again, I'll go back to the, the slider tonight being uh, an act, a real weapon uh, for Griff. We saw some swings at some sliders that were in the dirt bouncing. I saw a lot of sliders too, that uh, when he would throw it and spin it real good in the zone, sometimes they would, they would just take it. They, they weren't able to pull the trigger on it. Uh, overall, I think it was just a heck of a night for him and giving us six good innings was huge. Those Twins manager Rocco Baldelli talking about starting pitcher in last night's game, Griffin Jacks, a career-high 10 strikeouts as the Twins beat the White Sox 4-3. to Willens Ostadio's home run was the difference maker. To recap yesterday's game, here's the voice of the Twins, Corey Provis. Twins and the White Sox in game two of a three-game series. Twins were blown out on Monday night. It was not a pretty game. It began with a poor starting performance, and they were hoping that Griffin Jacks would have a strong one to give the Twins a shot, and boy, did Captain Griffin Jacks do just that. He got some early run support. Dallas Keuchel, who's always been tough on the Twins, command was not their early. Twins led 2-0 after one, but then the White Sox surged in front of back-to-back home runs, a two-run shot from Adam Engel and Jose Abreu. No surprise, he loves hitting here. At target field, a solo blast off Jacks. It was a 3-2 game. Stayed that way until the sixth inning, Griffin Jacks, by the way, got through six, ended up striking out a career-high 10, gave up only those three runs on five hits, and walked a man. Twins very much in this game, down by one run. Miguel Sano, two outs, walked against Dallas Keuchel, 
and that gave Williams Ostadio a chance to be the hero. There's a line drive down the left field line. If that ball's fair, it's gone. Hey, Ostadio! Two-run homer, and the Twins lead 4-3. to three. Almost down to a knee, Ostadio found the bleachers and left for his sixth home run. That snapped an 0-for-9. His first ever hit against Keuchel is a two-run homer to make it a 4-3 game. The bullpen was tremendous. John Gant, a 1-2-3 seventh. Tyler Duffy worked around a hit in the eighth inning without giving up a run. And Alex Colomay, a 1-2-3 ninth. And the Twins went on to win the game 4-3 to even up the series at a game apiece. They will play one more time in 2021. These two longtime rivals at 12-10 on Wednesday, pregame 11-30 with Bailey Ober facing Lance Lynn. But the final score from Target Field on Tuesday night, Twins 4, Chicago 3. I'm Corey Provis on your home for Twins Baseball. And great to come from behind win yesterday. Good comeback win, just based on how the Twins lost on Monday, to be able to fight back and not lose confidence, especially a guy like Griffin Jacks, like Corey Provis said, a career-high 10 strikeouts yesterday. And now the Twins have the chance to take the final series of the year against the White Sox. 11.30 pregame show, 12-10 first pitch from Target Field. Former twin Lance Lynn goes for the White Sox. Bailey Ober for the Twins. Twins will be off tomorrow. Then three games at home against Nelson Cruz and the Tampa Bay Rays. And then three games against Cleveland at home. The next weekend, a four-game series in the Bronx against the New York Yankees. Some very encouraging news surrounding former NDSU quarterback and current Colts signal caller Carson Wentz. Had foot surgery eight days ago and was out a projected 5 to 12 weeks which is a uh, a pretty a pretty broad <laughs> t- timetable to come back from foot surgery but here's the good news for Wentz fans NDSU fans and Colt fans Wentz attended practice yesterday no obvious limp no boot and no protection on his surgically repaired left foot he's expected to be ready to go when the Colts open the season against the Seattle Seahawks in Indianapolis on September 12th. Head coach of the Colts, Frank Reich, calls the, calls the development very encouraging. Says, I joke with Carson when we got to seven-on-seven seven drills yesterday. I said, let's go. You're up. Uh, Jacob Easton is the backup. He's been getting first-team reps. Uh, rookie Sam Ellinger has muscled his way into competition for the backup as well. But uh, it appears all signs pointing to Carson Wentz being the starting quarterback for the Colts when they open up the season. The Panthers have a preseason game this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. After day two of the 89th annual Pine to Palm Golf Tournament, defending champion Ian Simonich from Moorhead High School leading the field after day two of the Pine to Palm. Shot a 7-under-64 yesterday, 7 birdies, 11 pars. Golfers are already on the course this morning. The The guy at the top of the leaderboard teed off uh, after lunch today, right around 1240 or so. Uh, NDSU Bison teammates Nate Adams and Nate Diesel, they're both five under. They're going to tee off at 1250, as does Moorhead native Nick Allsgard. He golfs at the University of Arizona. He's also five under. Tony Vincelli of Rosemont is four under. He's also going to tee off at 1250. Other guys teeing off at 1250. Guys that are three under, Dylan Naylor of Orem, Utah, and Brainy Holland of Big Lake going to tee off at 1250. Three-way tie for seventh this morning. Andrew Proctor of Chandler, Arizona. Brady Rapp of Pine River. And Kobe Kunzel of Grand Forks. They're all two under. They're going to tee off at 240 this afternoon. And a... a, a a log jam for 10th place at one under par at the Pine de Palm 
with Carter Chikoski, Jordy Severson, Leighton Bartley, Brandon Nelson, Brian Hoops, Lucas Johnson, and Brian Buckaloo all tied at one under par. They're going to tee off between 12.30 and 12.40 this afternoon. We'll have our next update from the Pine to Palm with Andy Leah. Coming up after the sports wrap, just after uh, 10 o'clock here on KDLM, 10 o'clock a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. Tune into KDLM for interviews and updates and scores with Andy Leah live from the 89th Annual Pine to Palm Golf Tournament. Second half of the wrap, here's what's coming up. Hockey Talk with Kevin Faulness with the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. We'll get his take on free agency so far. We'll get his take on the Kaprizov news that he has Plan B lined up just in case an extension is not worked out with the Wild. And the big question I want to ask Kevin Fulness, does he think this team is better now than it was when the regular season ended? A lot of new faces on this team, a lot of old faces elsewhere. We'll talk to Kevin Fulness, second half of the wrap here on KDLM. I'm Taylor Bishotti with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Deshaun Watson is unlikely to play in Saturday's preseason game against the Packers, according to Texans head coach David Culley. When asked if Watson will play at all during preseason, Culley said, quote, no comment. Chiefs offensive lineman Laurent DuVernay-Tardif will be out four to six weeks with a broken bone in his hand, suffered at practice, according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Surgery will not be needed, and a return for week one is still possible. Cowboys wideout Amari Cooper passed his physical and was removed from the pup list after undergoing ankle surgery earlier this offseason. Meanwhile, Ravens first-round wide receiver Rashad Bateman is considered week-to-week after suffering a groin injury. And NFL officials will strictly enforce taunting violations in 2021. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reports that two taunting violations will result in an automatic ejection with fines and suspensions also in play. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It's time once again for Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. Last night, Griffin Jacks had what even he described as clearly the best start of his major league career. He picked up his third win. He went six innings, his longest outing as a big leaguer, and he struck out 10, the 10th Twins rookie to be in double figures in strikeouts. So much of it, according to Griffin Jacks, is all about confidence. I think a lot of it just comes down to the confidence that I've sort of built up these past you know, few weeks. Going down, where my last time I got option to St. Paul, I, I knew what I had to work on and just really sort of drilling it down every single day. And I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't keep working on it up here. So a lot of it stems from my bullpen work and just my daily work and day in and day out, just making sure I'm ready to go for my next start. Yeah, he was certainly ready to go. Mitch Garver called a great game. He had command of his fastball after giving up a couple homers in the second really settled in missed a ton of bats and a lot of barrels primarily with the slider it was a wonderful outing from griffin jacks hopefully more to come this is a presentation of the treasure island baseball network this is the golden gopher daily update i'm mike Grimm. today we continue our 14 team big 10 preview sponsored by m health fairview we take a look next at the maryland terrapin M Health Fairview combines the best of academic medicine with the convenience of a network of hospitals, clinics, and multi-specialty centers throughout the Twin Cities. Closing the distance from the bench to the bed with a collection of world-renowned researchers working in partnership with top-tier specialists and medical professionals to serve your every healthcare need now and into the future. M Health Fairview looks forward to cheering on the Gophers with you this school year. M Health Fairview is proud to be the official medical provider of Gopher Athletics. Sky Yuma. Maryland was 2-3 and three last year in the pandemic-shortened season, and Corbu Status tells us the Terrapins have hopes of being better this year. The Maryland Terrapins had another good recruiting class under head coach Mike Loxley, 
but all that talent hasn't necessarily translated into success, with the Terps going a combined 5-12 and 12 in his first two seasons. Coach Loxley believes now is the time to take the next step. It's time for us to stop talking about potential and actually go out and do it. The key to the drill is for us to prove ourselves right and not worry about proving others wrong. And I feel like we have the team to do that. Quarterback Talia Tungavailoa is another key, and he says he's getting better. I think just the biggest thing is my leadership and more so my pocket awareness. You know, last year I was, if Reed 1 and 2 wasn't there, I'd start scrambling or trying to extend plays when it really wasn't there. So I think staying in the pocket this year is probably a big improvement that I need to improve on. The defense will also have to improve, ranking near the bottom of the conference in points per game and rush defense last year. They open the season September 4th against West Virginia. The Gophers will host Maryland at Huntington Bank Stadium on October 23rd. Tomorrow we'll preview Penn State, sponsored by M Health Fairview. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. The KDLM Sports Wrap. We're talking to Kevin Fulness from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network this morning. Yeah, first of all, Dallas can be as mad as they want. I could not care less about <laughs> them or anything about that state, that city, or that team. Weekdays at 930 and on demand at KDLMRadio.com. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap. Happy Wednesday, everybody! Joined on the phone this morning by Kevin Fulness from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. Morning, Kevin. How are you today? Good morning, sir. I'm getting ready for hockey season. I cannot believe it's right around the corner. I know. I woke up this morning. It was sixty-one degrees outside in Detroit Lakes, and I was like, "Man, bring on the hockey!" I mean, this is perfect. Perfect hockey weather is is, is what I'm thinking. Right now, and with no hockey for a couple of weeks, uh, the the uh, first day of free agency came and went, and Wild made a, a couple signings. We'll get to that on a second. But the big news for the Wild this offseason has kind of been this massive checklist that Bill Guerin has had to do. And the first thing was to clear up some cap space, and he did that about five weeks ago, uh, waiving both Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, bought the contracts out. Parise now with the Islanders, and Suter with your favorite hockey team, the Dallas Stars. After having some time to reflect on the Parisi and Suter news, uh, how are we st- feeling this morning? Still feeling good about the move that Bill made five weeks ago? Well, you know, I mean, I think everyone saw something was going to happen with Zach Parisi. I don't know that I necessarily thought it would be a, a buyout, but that's the direction Garen and the Wild decided to go. So, so be it. Something had to change. Obviously, there was something toxic there at the end of, towards maybe even the middle part of the season and as the season wound down and even to go into the playoffs for him to be a healthy scratch. That's a tough pill to swallow for a proud veteran like that. So you mm-hmm. knew something was going to change. Don't know that I saw the buyout coming. And I'll tell you this much, the Suter thing was completely out of left field. As much as it was a surprise for Parisi, I mean, Suter's still a very, very decent player in the National Hockey League and was a very good player for the Wild last season. And so don't think that I saw that coming, but uh, Garen decided to rip the Band-Aid off, get that cap space, and uh, tried to put it to use there in free agency going forward. I, I, that, those two contracts are definitely going to haunt this team, especially for the next four seasons. But Garen figured this is the direction the team needed to go and made it happen, and uh, we'll see how it turns out from here. So how does the, the cap space situation work this year with those uh, those contracts? How, how much uh, space does letting Parisi and Suter free up for this season? Well, let me first say I'm not a numbers guy, so I'm just going by what I read and and, and just going by what what I know. Um, 
basically what that did is it freed up about $10 million of cap space this season, okay. but they're going to have a significant amount of dead money on the cap next year and the two years after that. The next four years are going to be uh, you know, tough. They're going to have to really figure out a way. The big thing is for these young guys to, to hopefully pan out. They have to have a Boldy and a Rossi and young guys like that contribute on this team going forward because they can only afford so many guys like a Kaprizov or a Fiala where they're going to take up a big chunk of cap money. They got to have these entry-level contracts be significant contributors for this team to be successful. So I think that's what Bill Guerin is banking on. He rolled the dice and he's hoping that uh, these young guys can help him bridge the gap over the so uh, they do get a, a little bit of extra money this year, but a lot of that dissipates next year and beyond. Well, I brought in some guys. First day of free agency back on July 28th, uh, Alex Goligoski, the, the 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 big name, I guess you could say, defense, uh, signed a one-year contract to also get forward Frederick Goudreau and then uh, defenseman Dmitry Kulikov, guys expected to, to maybe contribute right away. Uh, which one of those three signings do you like the best for the Wild? Well, they, they needed a guy to fill. I mean, if you're going to get rid of Ryan Suter, I mean, that's a significant blow to the roster. And for a team that's built on the blue line, they needed to, to fill that hole pretty quickly. And they did that. Signing Alex Goligoski, signed him to a significant number, just a one-year deal, but for $5 bucks. But I don't think they lose much in going from Galaga- from Suter to Goligoski. I think, uh, you know, fans here know that name very well has been in the National Hockey League for a number of years, but, of course, got to start with the Golden Gophers. So he's going to step right into that top pair, would be my assumption, and play alongside Jared Spurgeon. And I don't think the Wild will miss a beat there. So, to me, of all the signings, uh, that, of course, was the the one that uh, I think would, would grab the most amount of eyeballs because he's the, the guy that's going to play the most significant role out of everyone that they got. The NHL is going back to uh, what, what most would call traditional divisions this season uh, based on what they had last year with just playing teams in the West. Going back to the Central, Arizona is added to the Central this year because why not? Seattle is in the West. Uh, a lot of moves made in the Central Division, probably none bigger than Marc-Andre Fleury going from Vegas to the Chicago Blackhawks and that uh, saga there where he says he doesn't want to play for the Blackhawks and then he decides he is going to play. Uh, which team in the, in the division do you think has had the best free agency period so far? Yeah, it'd have to be Chicago. For the names that they added and what they've done, I, I'd say that's a team to watch out for. That, that's a team that's been a doormat for the last few years, which is hard to say because they, they've been a, a perennial power in the National Hockey League mm-hmm. for many, many years, especially with that duo of Kane and Taves. But adding Marc-Andre Fleury, and, and even bigger than anything that they've added, and getting Jonathan Taves back healthy, who missed all of last season. I think Chicago's now uh, not even a dark horse. I mean, they, they should be, uh, you know, one of the, the teams to watch for in the Central Division, but it doesn't get any bigger than what the Colorado Avalanche have done. Yeah, they lost Philip Grubauer between the pipes, but they add Darcy Kemper, and not only that, they are able to re-sign their captain, Gabriel Landeskog. It sounded like those contract negotiations were a little hairy at best at times during this offseason, but going into free agency, they were able to finally lock him up and you know, keep that top line intact. So they still got that three-head monster. And, you know, my all apologies to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. To me, the team to beat right now is probably the Colorado Avalanche. I think they're going to be that good. The Wild uh, having their own trouble with some hair negotiations right now. Uh, saw a report yesterday that Kirill Kaprizov has uh, tentatively agreed to a one-year contract with CSKA Moscow if a, if a long-term extension can't be reached with the Wild before September 1st, which is not what Wild fans wanted to hear. 
uh, with the Calder Cup winner. What's the latest you've heard on the Kirill Kaprizov contract negotiations? Well, here's the problem. I think the fear mongers slash bloggers uh, like to play <laughs> up this stuff, but I, I really think that it's just the agent exercising his one little bit of leverage. That, that's all they've got. If Kirill Kaprizov wants to play in North America, wants to play in the National Hockey League, he has to play with the Minnesota Wild. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it until he's an unrestricted free agent, and I believe that's three or four years away. So the only bit of leverage that he has as they try to negotiate this contract is to say he's going to go play for Rubles in the Continental Hockey League in Russia. He's not going to do that. I I mean – can I say that he's not going to do that 100%? No, I can't say that because people make dumb decisions all the time. But if you want to play in the best league on earth and show that you're one of the best players on earth, you have to play in the National Hockey League. And to make the most amount of money possible, it's going to be in the NHL. And I know that he can make a, a big money over there in Russia, and it would be a one-year deal for $10 million, and we're happy for you. And, and if that's the decision you make, I think it would be a terrible decision, one of the worst decisions of your life. But I don't see that happening. I think that's just a negotiation tactic, and I think that's just a, a way to instill fear in maybe the, the Wild fan base, but more importantly in Bill Guerin. I really don't think he'll blink. Uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, I think, uh, again, we've been saying this all along, the Wild would love to sign Kaprizov to an eight-year deal, a max contract, and, and make him a rich man for many, 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 many years. But I think more likely his side wants a one- or two-year deal to get to his unrestricted free agency. So they're going to meet somewhere in the middle. I think it'll be a four- or five-year deal, and you know they'll go from there. I, I just think that he's going to be in a wild uniform for many years to come, and I don't think there's any reason for wild fans out there to worry about number 97 going anywhere else. So a couple of things left on Bill Guerin's to-do list. Obviously the Kaprizov contract, number one, and then probably the Kevin Fiala contract, uh, 1B. Uh, what else is, is left on, on Bill's uh, off-season to-do list before the season starts? I really think that's it. I don't think there's many other moves that he has to make to his roster. And, and signing those guys that you talked about, Goudreau, Kulikov, uh, Galagoski, I think they've kind of filled the holes that they needed to fill with the one-way contracts. Now it's going to be going into training camp and figuring out if Goldie or Rossi, or someone else. I mean, there's some other young names out there that, we're, that you know, Wild fans don't talk that much about, but those are the big, you know, shiny new toys that I think everyone's anxious to see if they can step into the lineup. Uh, that's what's going to be all about training camp. This is going to be a huge training camp for Minnesota to see if these young guys can fill that hole, those holes. Even if they don't come out of October 12th, when opening night starts for the Minnesota Wild, and step on that into the lineup, even if they go into the American Hockey League for a month, two months, three months, at some point I fully expect Boldy and Rossi to be valuable contributors on this roster, not only because they can and they should, but I think the Wild need them to. So at some point they're going to get thrown into the fire here, and I fully expect, even though the big one is going to be Rossi, a high draft pick just a couple of years ago, missed all of last season due to COVID, and it sounded like it was pretty terrible to him. But watching everything on Instagram and, and Twitter and all the other good stuff that comes out from the, the Rossi camp, it looks like he's ready to rock and roll. So you throw that in with uh, Boldy, who got a little AHL experience last year after turning pro, and I think these two guys are going to be able to, to come into the National Hockey League and shine. And if they do, and you get Kaprizov and you get Fiala back under contract and you continue to get uh, still a goaltending from Cam Talbot, I don't think there's any reason why this team can't contend for one of the top spots in the Central Division this season. 
We're talking wild off season. What about the, the off season, the fallness house? You guys got anything fun planned before the season <laughs> kicks off? Yeah, I'm trying to keep my head above water. You know, my my life is a lot easier when there's actual hockey being played. It's, <laughs> my life becomes a lot more complicated when it's daddy daycare for the three months of the off season. Uh-huh. So, I wouldn't change it for anything, Zeke. It's it's fun. We're we're trying to do some swimming. We've uh, gone up north a couple of different times. Went up to uh, uh, where we go, Garrison. I guess we went uh, oh, yeah. last weekend. Relax. We uh, went over to into Wisconsin for a little bit and had a blast. So we're trying to get our sunshine while we can, and we're going to b- battle frostbite before we know it. I know. Can't can't wait for the frostbite. Can't wait for hockey. Kevin Fulness for the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule. Enjoy the rest of the off season. We'll chat again soon. All right, man, let's do it again real soon. Can't wait. It's finger looking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, thanks again to Kevin Faldis for joining us on The Wrap today. If you missed any of that interview, you can go back and re-listen to it momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from Can't Wait Moment. Well, Twins Baseball coming up in about uh, two hours or so. First pitch. The rubber game against the Chicago White Sox. Twins looking to win the final series of the season against Chicago. 11-33 game show, 12-10 first pitch. Bailey Ober versus former twin Lance Lynn today. We're also a couple minutes away from getting our first update of the day from the 89th Annual Pine to Palm Golf Tournament. Andy Lee is standing by at the Detroit Country Club to give us the latest on what's going on down there. You can tune in uh, every day this week at 10 and 5. To get the latest update from Andy Lee, and then of course the play-by-play of the championship round coming up on Sunday afternoon here on KDLM. That's right for the sports wrap. We're back tomorrow, 9:30, right here on the station. You can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Going to take a quick CBS News break, and then get to Andy Leah at the 89th annual Pine to Palm Golf Tournament. Then start those classic hits here on KDLM.